Wardcast episode 173. Go. I'm Dylan Vento. And today I'm rejoined by Harris Foster. Hello, Dylan. Community manager at Finji. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. That's good to hear. We're sitting in our hotel room. We are. I'm uh I'm sitting on a little futon thing. It's quite comfortable actually. I'm I'm very relaxed. That's the luggage bench. You're a luggage bench. You haven't been introduced yet. You're not allowed to talk. You're breaking <laughs> podcast rules. You're right. Break protocol. And then we're also joined by Devin Sneven. Hello. How you doing? Great. Welcome. Our other roommate. I'm a good guy. I'm just here. Welcome, <laughs> to, welcome to Roommates Cast. <laughs> Aspiring influencer. <laughs> Spent a little while getting his Instagram story together. Instagram stories. A lot of fun. Very fun. Everyone's I recommend everybody do it. <laughs> yeah. Devin learned how to use Instagram stories today. He's self-taught. Um, how is your experience of using the program? Um, infuriating. Okay. I am a little, I think... Um, I'm like a generation behind on this sort of UI. I didn't You are really, 47 years old. I never really got... I'm 31. You had to think about that I one. I never really got good at Snapchat and Instagram stories very similar. So I was very lost. I'm getting the hang of it. It's getting good. My content's getting better. Hashtag content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin has one of the best Instagram stories I've ever seen, which is him strolling up in a first-person view up to the bus stop and the bus pulling away (laughs) and him him simply quietly saying, there go my hopes and dreams. (laughs) There go my hopes and dreams. Top tier Instagram story. Here lies Devin's hopes and dreams. Yeah. Eight minutes later, they show up again and take him to the same spot. (laughs) Seattle Public Transit, quite nice. Yeah, that's right here. So we're at AGDQ, yeah. gentlemen. We've been here for a whole week. It feels it, like I, I will never leave this place. Now. <laughs> we, I, we are trapped here. We're trapped here forever. Yeah, uh, we got in. We got, all got in on Sunday. Today is Friday now. It's Friday. It's Friday, y'all. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we've been watching a bunch of people do games really, really fast and raising a crap ton of money for charity. And it's been really cool to, to see all this. As of right now, it's what? 1.1 million? Somewhere around there, I think they might have hit 1.2 during Pokemon. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. We we've been watching it from our hotel room. They pipe it in direct feed on the TVs. Yeah. So uh, straight it's, to the it's, eyes. Yeah. It's far. We realize you're watching it on a. It's not like you know going to a sporting event where you can go down and see the players play. Like regardless, you're going to be looking up at a screen. So why not do it from the comfort of your own bed? Um, and that's that's kind of the vibe we've been having most of the time. Sometimes you want to be down there because it's a fun. It's, it's hype as hell. It's a fun event, or you know, it's a game that you know, or something like that, or it's just you know, you kind of ran out of other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's you know, it's it's crazy though because you never have to be away from the stream. It is always wherever you go, it's going to be somewhere yep. in your periphery. Yep. We kind of we kind of took over this little part of Bethesda, Maryland, it seems like. Um, have any of us talked to a normal human being <laughs> outside of the Whole Foods? Um, I talked to the lady at the dry cleaner. Yeah? Yeah. she nice? Very. Was she like, you seen that semblance run? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little confused, though, because I did bring the dry clean, just like a random aside. And what did, I, what did they bring it in, like? Tuesday? No, Wednesday. When, when you take the dry cleaning into the dry cleaning? I brought it in asking? Wednesday. Okay. okay. And I was like, yeah, I can just probably pick this up tomorrow. And she's like, next week, okay? 
I'm like, no, no, I was hoping like tomorrow. And she's like, no, no, <laughs> we can't do that. I was like, okay, well, what do you think this is? I like, I'm leaving soon. She's like, okay, we can do Friday. And um, I'm used to dry cleaning experiences being like, day up, day in next by day. 10, out by five, or next day. Yeah, yeah. Not here, not here. Weird. Well, I wonder. I think it was like, did, a, it's a takeaway dry cleaner, right? So they probably don't do it there. The space wasn't big enough. So. Oh, really? So, yeah. huh. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. I always assumed everything was done on location. Seldom. Hmm. I mean, it's like 50-50. Okay. My favorite thing about dry cleaners are the crazy conveyor belts that they use to get to your clothes. Uh, every time, it's like a little tiny, tiny little roller coaster for suits. Devin is nodding. He refuses to speak out loud this comment. Yes. Yeah. Now he is giving me the middle finger. No. And he's, <laughs> he's taking his shirt off. This yes. is getting strange. He's climbing onto the balcony. <laughs> um, stop him. But yeah, the runs have been really cool. What are, what are some highlights? Um, I really liked any platformer of pretty yes. much any kind is always a treat. We, we saw Celeste last night, and that was the hypest. I think I've seen the crowd uh, at this GDQ. It was really, really fun to be there anytime anything crazy happened. A lot of orbs. A lot of orbs, a lot, a lot of, of clouds, uh, a lot of shout-outs to Power Up Audio and, and Lena and all the audio folks on that game. Um. Yeah, really cool to be there. The Mario Three Remix Run was really cool. That was cool. Um, that was probably my favorite, just because I can yeah. comprehend that game the most. Super <laughs> Mario Three Mix. Yeah. Super Mario Three Mix, which was, I don't know who worked on that game, but that's pretty cool. They just basically took every single Mario game and just slammed it into the Super Mario Brothers Three engine, or they like recreated the engine yeah. from right, from scratch. Right. But oh like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. yeah, they they had to add in like the gravity stuff that wasn't in the right. engine. Because so like they, the last okay. two levels use like Super Mario Galaxy stuff, and so it's like a bunch of planetoid rotation. But it it did. I'm not wrong. It did run on a proper NES, yes. right? Yeah, that was uh, that was yes. an NES. Yeah, you can buy that cartridge. That's yeah. It's really impressive the the way that he they worked all of those different mechanics and different sort of themes and stuff into this NES game right. and um, having it sort of like jump from game to game and you could clearly identify what was what. And with the galaxy stuff, there's like the VVVVV reversing gravity right. and like um, really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like had not the, even heard of that game before. I like the Super Mario run. Sunshine levels because you had the little, I, I forgot, the Delfino people. Yes. They would, who would fling you, which was a thing in... They'd toss Mario, you. They'd toss you. Toss yeah. me. Um, so yeah, that, that was that was a neat one. Um, what else were we there for? I was there for the semblance run yesterday morning. Okay. That No, Wednesday morning. God, what day is it? Uh, that <laughs> Half Coordinated did. And that's kind of where the, the orb shouting reached its full potential because the goal of that game is to collect 70 orbs. And he was doing an all-orb run. So every time that he grabbed an orb, the whole room was just orb. Orb. Um, I liked the so Splatoon was quite divisive amongst uh, Twitch <laughs> chat versus the room. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Apparently. Uh, oh, because of the the, 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 host, the runner. The, the buzz the on Twitter. Yeah. I thought he was a, a fine, funny guy who had some good goofs, but apparently, uh, uh, Twitter and Twitch chat were not into him, and uh, I think that's a silly thing to not be into. That guy was happy. Had some good goofs, and I had fun time. I um, I would, I basically went through the same thing, but I did both sides of it because I came down late, right? Right. So I was watching the first part of it. Devin's up, a runner centrist. Yeah, <laughs> I, I came down late. I was up here watching it on the TV, 
I was like, I don't know about this dude. <laughs> He's giving me some weird vibes. Not really happy about it. And then I went down to join you guys and finish off the run. And I was like, okay, you know, like people are having fun in here. Yeah. It definitely changed the sort of perception that I had of his sort of antics and personality in general, which is, um, there's probably something there as far as like what people would like to see and hear over um, like a, you know, video or audio or whatever versus what people would like to see and hear when they're in person, right? There's like different kind of energy levels that you're looking for, right? Like the guy was a little too like wow, wow, wow yeah. like wacky, right, uh, right, quirky, right. which you know I would find grating if I were just if that was the main thing that was there, especially if you're like you know if you're watching the stream at home or at work and you have to like tab out, but you're still listening to it, and most of it is is that. Whereas there, I think we were paying less attention to his stick, yeah. except when he was ready to hype up the crowd which yeah did yeah well. for sure for sure for sure um no other runs are really coming to mind at the moment i'm sure there's a bunch of other cool stuff we were there for uh we watched avoid the noid oh and then the, the, later the in the night of course we got to see some virtual hydlide which is quite a game it, yes i uh i pitched it as it's as if todd howard tried to make the entirety of morrowind by himself <laughs> is uh, my interpretation of that game. On a, what was it? Saturn? Yeah, it was yeah. the Sega Saturn. Whoa. Yeah, that was that was a rough, rough game. And, you know, I, I was watching that footage, and then the next morning we got to see Doom being run live, and hmm. Doom comes out at the same time, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, and is running at 60 frames per second up on the screen, and it looks awesome. And then you switch back to Virtual Highlight, and it looks just like a nightmare at, at 15 frames per second. And it's the same like level of like graphics, right? So it's like faux 3D like mm -hmm. kind of like Doom where they're using 2D planes to like map out a room and stuff and it's like uh you know 2D sprites are all the characters and enemies and they rotate with the camera rotation so they always like look proper with like directed right. at the camera. Uh I I had my brother growing up 10 years older than me. Uh he he had a PlayStation and whenever he would go rent a game, my mom would take me and I got to pick out a game too, because that's how little brothers work. And he rented, you know, good games. And then I rented Lego games mm -hmm. and we had a Lego game once where it was like that, uh, that skewed perspective thing you were speaking of. But my brother would always get sick looking at it because, oh. because he, he didn't like how the main character was fixed and the world would come at him. Got it. Like yeah. he wasn't there. The the 3D world wasn't really real. It was a fixed character in the middle of the screen who the world would surround them, mm -hmm. and like that messed him up. Uh, yeah. So that was really fun. Like if I ever wanted him out of the room, I would just throw that game on, <laughs> and he would leave. Um, and so you had to return it. Yeah, I didn't know you could own a video game until <laughs> way too late. We only ever rented. What Lego game was this? Do you know? Oh, it was some Lego adventure. It was on the PlayStation 1. Okay. Uh, and it was just some behind-the-back Lego game. Uh, I think it was Lego. It might have been like Harry Potter now that I think about it. But it was like some licensed thing targeted at children. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Pretty sure it was Lego. I saw some... Going back to Virtual Highlight. Yes. Um, I saw some talk on the Twitter and stuff that that the engine that Virtual Highlight was on was a repurposed like Top Golf like <laughs> yeah, engine. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, hashtag potential misinformation. So don't <laughs> take that as fact. But it, that's mean, what I was seeing, at it, and it certainly did seem yeah. that way when you saw like comparison. It looked like some shots. golden tea shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely was like yeah. very golden tea esque. Yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. The awful d- games block is always a lot of it's fun. a delight. Um, yeah, I think the the Doom stuff was was fun to watch. Also, the Doom and then Doom Two and then um, Chex Quest. Oh, I, I missed Chex Quest. I missed Chex, Chex Quest. I was there. I, I was, was there. I was there. I was a nat boy. I lived it. How it was, was Chex Quest? Um, it was fun. You know, it was. Um, it's a really interesting sort of moment in time when mm-hmm. it was uh, really easy and cheap to both make and distribute a game like that because it was just a repurposed doom clone right and so you know oh i didn't know that oh yeah what? oh it, is, it was a platformer it is you know it's a doom i thought game. you were there no no, no, <laughs> no i watching? wasn't there no, oh, no, no. I thought you said oh i thought you, okay was this yesterday afternoon yes it was after doom one and doom two so basically what Chex quest is is it was a cd-rom that came in checks boxes okay i knew it was, it was checked branding it was a repurposed doom clone where you're fighting like basically sort of slime aliens okay but you don't shoot them you're like basically transporting them home with different devices. Right. Okay. But it is Doom. Like, it's but just, just dressed up. It in has a really, the Doom head bob. It has right. the Doom pickups. It has the Doom doors. The environment. Is that the it's portrait? Like, What's in the portrait? Is it just like a checks? Like a yeah, piece it's of like checks? a checks guy. He's like a guy. I mean, this, oh, he's he, a person. Was, he's not a giant check. He's like a. He's like a guy. He's like a little black. He's got like little eyes behind a helmet, and that's the. It's like a checks helmet. Okay. Chelmet. There's a really great yes. There's a really great like intro Homics. intro video to this. You could probably find it on YouTube or something. The like checks quest intro video. Okay, it's hilarious. Really, really great. Like um, early like really bad source filmmaker animation basically. But, okay, um, that was cool. They at the end of that run they were like, yeah, this is so much doom that uh, you can warp to levels that are outside of the Chex Quest campaign and it is basically a doom level but it is using all of the assets. Wow. So those two demon fights that are in the like two chambers basically. Uh-huh. He warped to that level and it was like two big slime guys in there and all the sounds and stuff were from Chex Quest but it was still just That's like crazy. A, a pixel perfect doom level. Interesting. I mean that that was a time when yeah, if, if you wanted to promote something or you wanted to make a cheap game, you would just make a Doom clone. Like, there's the infamous Super Noah's Ark 3D, which yeah. is, yeah. that's just another one of those. Like I, I played a cereal box game, but it was, um, oh gosh, maybe Honey Crisp? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. What was the one that was sort of the hashtag E sort of waffly shape? Waffle Crisp. Was it oh, Waffle Crisp? There was, yeah, yeah. Honeycomb. No, honeycomb? There was Honeycomb. There was Waffle Crisp. Okay. Which is well, now Eggo cereal. It, still it delicious. Had the, it had the ad campaigns with the really furry yeah, like ball guy. Yeah, that that's would, Waffle. Yeah, that's okay. the Honeycomb. That's Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Yeah. Honeycomb is sure. delicious. I thought Honeycomb had a bear. There was a good yeah, Honeycomb was, No, he's, but he's kind of like a bear, but he's more just like a Tasmanian devil yeah. crash bandicoot yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of dude. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs. There was a really great Honeycrisp game that i what, remember what, playing a lot was it? on a pc i remember almost nothing about it except for i liked it a lot <laughs> okay um yeah i i i remember it's not to completely derail the gdq talk but yeah like i got a few games in cereal boxes one of them being roller coaster tycoon 2 
It was just wow. in the box. Great game. Wow. Fantastic game. And Full Groms just didn't give a shit at that yeah. point. Yeah. There was like some Destruction Derby game made by Gearbox. I also remember getting. Um, yeah, it's. I think we're we're no longer in the age where they're making PC or console games for licenses. It's all mobile now, right? Like, right. I get like what was Doritos I mean, Crash Course was the last one or like the Crayola, What's the Crayola skateboarding oh, the Crayola color splash Splatoon whatever it's called game? Right. Yeah. Um, That's a weird outlier. What yeah. is a uh, uh, Yaris? The Toyota Yaris game on yeah. the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, of course, Burger King was the last huge one, probably. Snake King, yes. Big Bumpin', and the other one, and the other one, uh, and the other one. I always, I'll, it'll, it'll come to me. I'll just shout it out later. I'm a, a big fan of of licensed games, mostly from food. So I was, I was really because I didn't know, I didn't know. Avoid the Noid was not Yo Noid. I thought those for some reason. I thought those were oh, the same two games. games. Yeah. So when when they got they showed this thing that looked like a fucking like Commander Keen ripoff. I was like, what the hell is this this <laughs> game? Um, but yeah, uh, Yo Noid. Pepsi Man. Pocket Bike Racers. Sorry, I just remembered the uh, the third. You did you did exactly what you said you would do. <laughs> we can't be surprised. Um, yeah, but like Cool Spot, uh, Pringles the Game. We played Pringles the Game. Pringles the Game, which I think is just a knockoff. Cool Pringles spot? the Game is here. Is a repurposed Cool Spot? Yeah, something like that. Uh, That's so Pringles. So Pringles. So cash money. It's it's weird because you play as the Pringles head. He's bouncing everywhere. And you can only platform into Pringles chips. And so, if you lose the Pringles chips, if you miss the jump, the chips are now gone. So the chips help you bounce. The chips help you jump. If you platform into a Pringle chip, it disappears. So if you miss the sh- jump, you're, it's a disappearing you're level. Yeah, you're, you're done. done. You're, you're done. done. It's a hard game. And then you get graded. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like it's, it's Sonic. It's a Sega Genesis game and it's homebrew. Yeah. Um, but it was it was cool. It was weird. It's it's at the very front of the practice room at GDQ. You walk by, everybody's every always playing Pringles. Everybody's, everyone's always yeah. playing Pringles, trying to get the always, best score. Always be Pringling. It's it's really fascinating to see how you are surrounded by people who are amazing at video games, not in a esports sense, but in a go fast and break it sense. Like we right. we are the least talented people here. Because I mean, we don't do. I this expected stuff. that. That's true wherever I go. <laughs> I mean, like you, you go to you go to a game convention, and you feel like you could you know hold your own if a challenge were to come along. If someone would be like, "Hey, we're gonna go play in the Rocket League tournament," you could be like, "Oh yeah, let's go give it a shot." Literally, if anyone was like, "Hey, there's a tournament going on here," I'd be like, "Count me out. I'm gonna lose first round." Right. Like. Uh, I'm surprised I got as far as we did in the poker tournament we participated in. Oh yeah, Stephen and talk, I did a poker tournament. Um, I knew better. <laughs> <laughs> and like we sit down and chips are distributed, and it's a very organized poker tournament. They did a great job, and literally everyone at the table was like thinking out loud and talking about, "Oh, that must mean you have you must have these cards, and this this is." And I'm just happy to be there. Um, Wait, they were really like talking out loud about like. Well, basically, like after certain were. hands were really like really contentious hands, they'd be like, "Yeah, you know, I figured you'd had this or this or this or that." And okay. Meanwhile, whenever I play poker, are the only things I have in my head are my cards and the cards on the table. That is, it. I had a pair of kings. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, that was that was a really fun experience. It was something that we sort of ran into just hearsay people talking about it. So um, it was a $20 buy-in charity tournament. All of the winnings 
went to AGDQ. Uh, AGDQ. But if you were in the top four, you got a certain percentage of that cash uh, to put in for your own or whatever donation right. or incentive you wanted to. So there was still a reason to play well. It was just not because you were going to win this money. It was because you were going to like, you know, put uh, $500 into uh 20 by teen or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alex Navarro for, yeah. 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 Um, for, for near automata. Right. Yeah. No, the, the poker tournament was a great time. It was just, uh, it was because, you know, you're at these shows, you don't really know anybody or if everyone else knows each other and we don't know anybody. No. And, um, yeah, I got to meet some nice people and, you know, after the tension breaks on a poker table and people are just having fun chatting, it was, it was really neat. It was really cool to be in all that. I made it about halfway through. Yeah. I was, I was out probably a few people before you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I survived like the first wave of losses. Started as a three table tournament. And then, um, like they were like saying there are three tables. Yeah. So they had three tables playing Six at the person same. per table. It was like eight at first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Almost okay. seven or eight. Yeah. And, uh, and then once the people get knocked out, the population dies down, they merge tables or shift the tables around a little bit. Okay. And there were people that were really focused on getting that done correctly, which was fun. It was very well organized. You didn't have to think too much. Uh, dedicated dealers and stuff mm-hmm. really really well done which yeah. was fun because yeah. i'd never played that kind of amateur but very professional feeling yeah sort of poker let's go to vegas let's do it there's mgm right down the road is there yeah here oh. uh near magfest so it's like oh. 30 40 minutes mm. let's go I, and there's a shake shack which oh, is, let's go <laughs> let's go <laughs> i don't have much confidence that i would be able to actually come away from that um of course not <laughs> No, okay. If we want to see you wow. fail, not to, not to plan um, vacations with my friends on a podcast, but if we were to go to Vegas, you got to go in the mentality. You're going to lose some money. You're going to well, no. You, you go in, you smack down three hundred bucks. I wow. Not me. I don't okay. know. Wow. All right. Well, I'm saying for the week. For the week. Okay. You set aside a budget, three hundred bucks for the week. Three hundred dollars for the buffets, and, and then you blow it all the first no, day. No, but you go in the mentality of <laughs> You're like I need more. I need more. <laughs> when you when you gamble at casinos, they you get free drinks. They come by and they give you free yeah, drinks yeah. to keep you sick around. So you just consider, I'm paying $300 to drink for a whole week and I'm also going to play some cards while I'm there. You mm. don't expect to walk away with any money. Like you just say, $300 is the fee I'm paying to have free unlimited drinks and to play some cards. Yeah, that sounds okay. <laughs> okay. Have you been yeah. to Vegas? No. Okay. But that's, that's, that's the mentality I've always had. I think like my dad told me that mentality or something. How far are you from Vegas? Like Texas? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's still a flight, but... Okay. Yeah, so you, you couldn't drive there. Would it be no. like an eight-hour drive, something like that? Maybe more? I can drive for eight hours and still be in Texas, <laughs> homie. Oh. <laughs> Texas huge. Texas huge. Texas big. Texas very big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of fun stuff to do other than speedruns here. You know, you got your arcade where we played an amazing arcade game called Bishy Vashi. We played the star, star icon, Bishy Bashi. And then we also played Bishy Bashi Channel. Bishy Bashi Channel, yes. I think Channel better you uh, see i like i like regular bishy so i suck what, at both so i mean it doesn't really matter <laughs> to me you did oh you suck at both yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought you said okay um i i like original bishy bashy better bishy bashy better original uh because so the b- to describe bishy bashy it's essentially in a, an arcade machine that is warrior aware right you get a small mini game you have very simple controls in front of you typically just like buttons that you mash and you solve a problem on the screen and whoever does it best 
uh, gets first prize, but you're all working together. Well, you're so, all working together at the same time competing against one another. Right. So because like, depending on how you do, if you all do great, you all stay in. If you don't do super great, the person at the bottom right. fails out. Yeah. Um, so you place and like right. usually they, they sum up all the points and it's like, oh, you didn't do well enough for everyone to stay in. So whoever's in last place loses a life. And yes. That's how it so works. the two machines both have separate gimmicks. For original Bishy Bashy, you have the two buttons and then like a final button. Well, I thought it was three. Or is it two? I'm I'm not done yet. Sorry. <laughs> for the original Bishy. Uh, is it three buttons on the original Bishy Bashy? No, it's just two, right? Was it red and, uh, red and blue? I and can't the, say I remember. Yeah. Red, blue, and green and a yellow? Or was it just red and blue? I don't remember. I don't either remember way, either. There's a two set or three buttons, two and, or then three buttons button. and then a golden yeah. button. And the golden button always does something at the end of every game, typically. Right. And you smack it with confidence knowing that you've finished it. It's like when you have the answer in Jeopardy. Yes. That's why I like that one better. Or I, um, Family Feud. That's yes, the real one. That's right. Uh, I like smacking that button when it's over. The other one is definitely two buttons and then a wheel. Mm. And you spin the wheel. The wheel also depresses like a button. But mostly you spin the wheel for whatever reason in the minigames. And I just feel like that wheel is too inaccurate. I just don't like the way that wheel feels. Mm. Um, original Bishy Bashy, the way that you hit that golden button at the end to signify you're done, feels really good. I feel like the first one, the, the original Bishy Bashy is like WarriorWare Mega Micro Games, and then the other one is like WarriorWare Twisted. <laughs> Shit. Like those yeah, those sure, should be yeah, my sure. comparisons. Yeah. And so like sometimes you're just in the mood to play WarriorWare Twisted, um, and sometimes you're not. Yeah, but that, that arcade is... It's doesn't have a lot of games. It's no. less of the games than I expected. Mostly Japanese. Mostly Japanese. But a lot of rhythm. A lot of rhythm games. They have three or four Jubeat machines. Which I've never played. I've seen multiple times. So at like I, Magfest. I, I played a little bit of it and I thought I was like, this is way too easy. And then I like bumped it up in one difficulty and I was dying. Because like you, you have to play with your like the tips of your fingers and you're just like smacking them against these screens and so like my hand really hurt afterwards. Um but also I just couldn't keep the rhythm. Um but yeah, the, all the games in there, despite not having many games, they have pretty solid games in there that you don't normally see. They have a silent scope machine, which I love. They have some Puyo Puyo Tetris cabinets. They have a really cool beer pong game where you beer pong ping pong balls into a hole. Yeah. And it's really cool. Um, but not styled like beer pong at all. Like th- that's it the uses first time. your beer pong skill. Right. But it is not beer pong. Right. It is like a hoop with ping pong right. balls it's imagine it's like a mixture of beer pong and like the free throw game that you mm-hmm. see at dave and buster's yeah yeah it's 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 really cool um the arcade's cool that's that's the only bonus area we've really hung out in at all we haven't done any of the free play we haven't done any of the smash bros there's a dedicated smash bros room that gets very hot yeah we did like a a, a circle around there we did a loop and pretty sure like that room is like 10 degrees warmer than the hallway oh 10 degrees is light I think. that's all body heat it's all it's all that smash mm. fire. <laughs> People getting heated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all in all, GDQ is real cool. Yeah, um, it's fun to hang out in the bar and people watch. It's, it's fun to be in the crowd and see just the f- production. The whole, you know, the whole setup is bananas. That it stays up and running at all. It's 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 a wonderful thing it's it's so complex power went out at one point right and we were all like oh shit what is that because it was in like it was like 30 minutes into a three-hour super mario rpg stream and we're like oh are they gonna have to restart this whole run apparently Uh, they were prepared yeah i guess i don't know what they had down there i don't know if that was on the hotel or on the the i had showrunners talked to some people that were in the room that had said that basically everything shut off except for his tv and console 
<laughs> and maybe apparently something to keep the stream up. Oh, okay. But I don't even, yeah, I don't know how that would even be. Maybe it dropped for like a couple of seconds, but when we got enough power to turn the TV back on and check in on it, it was, it was like nothing had happened. Yeah, that was weird. That's really cool though. Yeah, this this show, especially coming off of MAGFest, which can be notoriously poorly ran, <laughs> seeing how well this show is put together. Because I mean, it's mostly... I mean, I, I know nothing about the organization. Like, I was talking to Half Coordinated, and he he knows, like, the showrunners and stuff, so he has a better idea of how it works. But, like, yeah, I'm not really sure, like, how many people are in the organization, like, what the cost is to run something like this, you know, outside of, you know, renting the hotel and and then bringing the gear and all of that stuff. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty pretty impressive thing. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, it's also kind of, it's surprisingly exhausting, despite the fact that we were just sitting in chairs and hotel rooms and just watching like I am immensely out of shape. So <laughs> that will tire me. No. Out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like someone who was I hearing that? Yeah. I think we were just discussing. It's like, would you do it again in the summer? It's like, maybe not twice in one year. Yeah. I would go again to this next year for sure. Right. I mean, the, what's nice about this is that it's drivable for me. So yeah. like, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Really nice. You know, uh convention that a lot of people hold in high regard of course i I would i would go on my way to drive to it but like doing it again and i have to fly to minneapolis which i hear is a great city but not going to go out of my way to fly out to minneapolis yeah i wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for the fact that it was a frequent flyer flight for me and Devin is a flight attendant so flying down here was not right troublesome for you as i understand it not difficult okay but it's fun i enjoy it it's, it's a really very, cool. very chill, very relaxed, very claustrophobic, very tiring sort of. Are you saying that because we're sharing a bed? Marathon. I don't know. Maybe that's not why I'm why I'm not sleeping very well. Oh, I can cuddle you. I'm good. Big spoon, <laughs> little spoon. We prefer. <laughs> I've got my pillow. Okay. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> we're almost out of here. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. One more day. We'll see. We'll see what the snow does. Yeah. There's a chance we're, st- we're chance we're stuck here, and we got to be at Pax South and. Three or four days. Ooh, doggy. Oh boy. You excited? I, I am. Uh, I'm not even thinking about it yet. Still, I am. I'm doing all of our preparation, but I'm not even going to think about what it's going to be like to be there until I am there. Mm-hmm. That is. That is what I'm thinking. We're going to switch roles. It's then going to be a show that I have to fly to. That you that only I'm have going to drive, to drive to. That's right. Yep. It's in San Antonio. I live in Austin. And, like three uh, hours. It's an hour. One hour. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I was thinking of the three-hour triangle of. Houston, Austin, and Dallas. San, well, uh, so, I mean, if we want to get into this, Houston to Austin is two and a half hours. Austin to San Antonio is one hour. And then Austin to Houston is three and a half hours. So it maths out. It is a triangle that maths out like that. And not that anyone would want to go there, but how far drive is it to Dallas? To Dallas, it, I know from Austin, it's like three and a half, um, maybe even four. And then to Houston, it's like five and a half from Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is pretty far north. Your state too big, man. It's too big. It's too big. Stay too big. El Paso is the one no one ever wants to go to. Why? Uh, Because that one is the westernmost. And that one, I think that one's like eight hours from Austin. Like, it's a bummer. Luckily, nothing happens there, right? No. Uh, No. No. Senators that you want to win and don't happen there, but... That's about it. 
Run for president, Beto. Okay. <laughs> did you see his? Uh, did you see he got his teeth clean and he, he got like, his teeth cleaned and he Instagrammed it. Yeah. Um. Apparently, he and Oprah are doing something live on the in February. Now he is the Instagram generation. Yeah. Yeah. What are his stories like? His yeah. Instagram story. He's really he, in touch with he, the youth. Apparently, <laughs> I am not. There's a great Twitter video where tell me he's, he's older than I am. God. I don't. I don't he's got to be. He's, yeah. He, he's got. Well, be. if he's gonna run for president, he has to be at least 35. Right. So. Yeah. Um. There's a great. There's a great viral video of him having a rally. He's got a bunch of people around him, and he's like signing stuff and kissing babies and everything that you do at a rally. Mm-hmm. And somebody just asks, "Yo, Beto, what do you get at Whataburger?" And he stops his conversation with whatever he, with whoever he was having, turns around and goes, "Number two, no pickles." <laughs> yeah, Beto loves his Whataburger. He would Instagram after every major event. He would go to a Whataburger and get. An dinner. air drum. I saw the yes, one where he was like air, air drumming in his... Skateboarding and not winning and making me sad. Sorry. But he's good at everything else. I mean, He's great. He's he's amazing. <laughs> GDQ's pretty fun. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you kind of hinted at it, but we're going to be at PAX South. That's right. Uh, the Harris Foster, the panelist on the Hidden Gems of PAX South. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, welcome yeah how, how excited are you what are your hidden gems so excited uh i can't reveal them yet you gotta come to the panel it's true it's true yeah uh we'll be there uh we'll be joined by rami rami is male and and tanya right anya 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 sorry you, you had a tanya on once right no or no i'm tired <laughs> anya yes hidden anya combs hidden, of kickstarter hidden, hidden gems is just gonna be fun stuff that i know about that you don't maybe know about yeah, yeah that's, that's a description. De- Devin's yeah. things that Devin is about. No, not me, but yeah. you know, I'm not going to be there. Yeah, the, yeah. The panel is basically stuff that people have not seen on the show floor, and that you sh- that you tell them to go see. Oh, right. I see. It's it's a great panel. It's a it's a great idea it's for a okay. panel. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, I think it's genius yeah. because you are you're having the conversation right. that everyone has with their friends. Right. And to have that conversation on a, on a larger scale is is very smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, we. I remember the first packs I ever went to, the hidden gym, the thing to talk about, the thing to see was Octodad. Mm. Everyone was just going, oh, you got to see Octodad. You got to see Octodad. Um, then one year it was Battle Chef Brigade. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you, have you ever had a hidden gym that you remember from a PAX, Devin? I haven't been to PAX for a long time, so no, yeah. not really. Okay. It's very hard for me because I'm so um, ingrained in the conversation in games that like at this point, a lot of the games I showcase are games that I've played at other shows that end up at the PAXs and I'm like, go see this because I really enjoyed playing it, but it's never like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, we've ever found like the Octodad of that year. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. I mean, I played donut County at South last year, which I really enjoyed, but to me at least donut County was a known quantity, but I, I loved it. But, um, maybe not to everyone else yeah well of course and I mean it's, it's for the people that come that probably don't know where to look but for me I was like alright I've been kind of keeping up with this this game so I know what it is and, and I got a chance to play it and it was awesome um, the first every time we did it at PAX East we played a um, oh god it's uh, oh geez what was the name of it uh, it's called uh, Bobby Throne Saves the World and it's by the guys that made Soda Drinker Pro oh hell yeah and it's a basically a televangelist simulator <laughs> where you play as this guy named Bobby Throne 
and you start in like a strip mall church and you have a congregation and the goal is to like build up the congregation over time and move into like a mega complex and do all this stuff. But there's like a VR, AR component to it. And this, this is the way they demoed it is that there was a guy standing there at the booth and he was on mic um, talking to the screen and the screen on the screen was Bobby Throne who was being puppeted by a guy behind a curtain wearing an Oculus with the touch controls and he himself had a microphone. Okay. So it was this weird like kind of like Sesame Street. And so the the guy talking to Bobby was also an actor? No, no. Or you could talk to Bobby. Uh, yes, you could talk to both. Okay, it's like when Charles Martinet does his Mario appearances in the Nintendo World. Yeah. Okay. He's a welcome. Yeah, welcome. I'm Bobby Throne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was kind of like that, but it was like this very weird psychedelic kind of thing because it was like the game itself looks super janky, like you know, like Soda Drinker Pro looks pretty janky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like it's and he, Bobby Throne looks like the uh, the. Who's the one guy who's the artist in Bioshock? The in the game. Oh, the guy, I don't. Yeah, I don't know yeah but that character it, it, where yeah. his face is like very gaunt and pale, and he has like rosy cheeks, and and it was very very creepy. And then he gave you like this coin, like that a was, Salvador Dali looking right kind yes, of guy. Yeah, a Dali yeah. motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and it, it was it was very very strange. And they never broke character, which mm-hmm. made it even weirder because we came up and we were like, "What's the game?" And it's like. Bobby, tell him about, you know, what services. You're like, tell him uh, about the upcoming Sunday show. No, but it was actually really good because, like, freaky, man. they were just, it was, but my favorite part was he was, like, kind of talking about his congregation and talking about the church. And there's this part where I forget what he said, but he said he, like, motioned something and made some sort of comment about, like, the supply closet. And Bobby literally, like, lurps from his position in the apps, in the nape of his, like, church and then just like drags the body across into the supply closet and it's just in there now and then he's talking about like whatever the hell that that room has in store for you and it was it was a weird time huh that was probably like my favorite like i had never heard of this we just found this on the floor this is ridiculous but i would not compare it to octodad (laughs) no no probably not probably not right huh (laughs) that's what's cool and i like pack south because pack south has like base virtually no lines yeah, it's. I mean, it's you know, for better or for worse, it's not a very popular show. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I like it because it's very chill. Right. You see the same people with a little bit more and more. It's you can hear yourself talk. You can, you know, swing your arms around and not hit somebody most of the time. Like it's, it's so chill. You see that one um, Eggman cosplayer who's there every year. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really good. Um, and then yeah, San, I, I think San Antonio is the most beautiful city that a PAX is held in. Wow. Uh, <laughs> local <laughs> Seattleite Dennis Sneelan does not like that response. Uh, no, Seattle is a... I protest. Seattle is a beautiful city. Sir. But that's you're, you're mostly limited to the downtown area of Seattle, and especially the convention center area. Which gets and crowded. It gets crowded, and, you know, it's 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 just it's a downtown city block, uh, unless you head towards, like, the, the, the Pike Market. Whereas San Antonio, the pipe market, the pike market, okay. pipe market, the pipe market, pipe marketplace, the pike market is PVC, please. The pike market is a very unique way of getting that wrong, so I'm not going to necessarily <laughs> pike, judge pike you. place, pike place, right? Yes, boardwalk. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> boardwalk's a little bit further down. <laughs> yeah, a couple spaces. Um, very expensive. Mediterranean <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> um, San Antonio 
you walk out of the convention center, you are on the river walk, which is this like Disney World looking. Oh, they have a beautiful. river. I love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a river with really cool shops that open up into it. Yeah, well, we have the Duwamish. And yeah, that's a beautiful sounding word. It's horrible. Duwamish. Duwamish. <laughs> what a sales pitch. Duwamish sounds like an Elder Scrolls disease. <laughs> it's like a race of people who are condemned from birth. Harris, that's a Native oh, American. Is that a real? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, is that a real thing? Oh no. Um. <laughs> Duwamish sounds like somebody gets smallpox. Um, Says one Harris. Apologies Foster. to the Duwamish people. Um, and yeah, just San, San Antonio's dope. I enjoy it. No, the Riverwalk is. I always uh, make a. This is only gonna be our second time doing it, but I want to make it a, a thing of always saying. Go outside, walk, walk on the river, walk. You can um, steal a boat. Steal a boat. One steal of our boat. friends tried to steal a boat. No. Um, no. I mean, let's let's just, as long as we not name the name, we can tell the story. Tried to steal a boat. Okay. Tried to steal a police boat. A police boat. It wasn't a police, oh, so not boat. Even like it was of, a police boat. Okay. Not even one of the tour boats. Uh, one of our friends, the first Pack South, got very drunk, despite being underage. And <laughs> this is already a great and, story. Uh, he wow. both. That's <laughs> a detail you should have left out, probably. <laughs> Well, if we're not naming names, we're not naming names. We're not naming safe space. Um, and he was so drunk that he got onto a police boat and tried to turn it on and steal it. And I, I, I can't remember if he tried to or successfully peed off of the boat into the river. Um, I believe that was involved somehow. Great. Um, it's like one of those things yeah. where you're you're walking past like an empty construction site after having a lot to drink, and you're like. I should just drive this backhoe. Yeah. yeah. And you go in there and like, oh, like, what a stupid idea. There are no Nobody keys. Nobody would have thought to ever try this. So, of course, the key's just in there. And you could just potentially just drive it around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and now he is the uh, CEO of Epic Games. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> your, your friend and mine, Tim Sweeney. Yeah. yeah. Tried uh, to steal a police boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, but Pack South rules. It's it, it, it's. Would I recommend people make the effort to go to it compared to other packs? Is probably not if right. you want to like have a good convention experience. Sure, but if you want to just like chill and you're like kind of around and you want to play some cool games, Pax, Pack South is real cool. Pax Prime is not a good convention experience. I don't think a good convention experience exists. No, oh, yeah, but but I think East is okay. I think it's a sizable. East like, is fine if you don't go outside. Sure. Never go outside during East. Unless it's April. I mean, it's relatively warm enough. Yeah, that's true. Which is not going to be April this year. It's like last weekend of March. Yep. Uh, PAX, PAX East is okay. Boston is like a... Boston reminds me a lot of the city from Final Fantasy VII because like it's like stacked on top of itself. Midgard. Yeah, Midgar. 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 Yeah, and it's just like... like You'll be on a street in Boston... And then you like cross a bridge and you look down and there's just like more city below you under the bridge. You're like what the fuck? <laughs> how does how does that work? Well, that's what happens when your city is 300 years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Prime is Prime is getting too, a little too big for its britches. If you ask it's me, it's been that way for years. Yeah. Well, there's no better well, place is, to yeah, put it. Right? Where else would you put it? Not in Seattle. No. In L.A. probably. Mm. Yeah. Pack Southwest. I mean, I, th- I think I think let's just have if, PAX on if an island. PAX continues as is, and E three continues to decline as it's doing. Um, Get Reed Pop to buy E three. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. 
Mm. That might be a good idea. I don't know if that would ever happen. I, I, just, don't... I just think that that shift would be natural because PAX Prime is running out of space. E3 is going out of sort of like the public eye. I guess. So sort of shift the time and place of PAX Prime and just basically make it that same sort of thing, but yep. at a different... Uh, yeah, so, but, I mean, like the E3's whole purpose, though, right, is that it's an ESA event and it's supposed to be this like... right you have the right to be here as a game creator. Right. But like, it, has, it hasn't been that. Sure. It's, it's, it's becoming that less and less every year. Yeah, it's doing that shift towards the Public. consumer. Yeah. yeah. But they're not doing it as well as PAX has been doing it for right. a long time. Right, but if PAX were to take it over, would they even care about the, the industry slant? They, they wouldn't have to. They get enough people coming. Sure. You know? right. But then where is the industry... Right, what, what, what is the industry... Like, that remains to be seen. That's certainly not GDC. That's the thing that I'm saying, thing that I'm trying to say, though. If that is an inherent need, if that needs to exist, then yeah, does E3 something need moving to into exist? L- something moving into LA uh, in lieu of E3 could just work like that. Yeah. But um, does that need to actually exist? Right. I'm not in the industry. I don't know. But well, uh, I, I think, sources for me are mixed. Right. Well, the thing is, I think the like E3 as a marketing structure mm-hmm. is is becoming less and less prevalent i think e3 is a meeting place to conduct business is probably just as relevant as it usually is yeah like yeah. if you cut out all the press conferences like e3 like is just you know gdc round two yeah which if, is important if playstation's not there though yeah but are they not there as a like public facing entity like i'm sure they're going to still send reps there to conduct business we shall I, see yeah we uh, we i mean like with as much insider information as i know we just don't know okay we, yeah um yeah I, I remember whenever i was going to e3 i had to join the igda the independent game developers association yeah to to prove the point that i belong at e3 to the people who make badge decisions i remember telling my my very conservative mother this and she goes it's a union is that a union you, you no it's not a mine will be part of a union they would. <laughs> so I was on a panel at Magfest about unions, and um, well, I know I was part of the the Game Workers Unite uh, DC Baltimore chapter. Uh, they had a panel, and I was on it. And yeah, we <laughs> did not have kind words to say about IGDA because, as much as they tried to claim to be, you know, a representative right. of, of of developers, they'll never use the word union. They'll never. Well, um, but and also they're not. I mean, they're they're like representatives in name only. Mm-hmm. And they don't really do much. Nope. Nope. Not really. No. I, I'm, I, I'm looking at your MAGFest badge here. What, what is a pilot? Uh, I'm a pilot. Um, okay. Yeah, so it says every, MAGFest pilot in like a Star Fox font. Yeah. So every year MAGFest. Of the Barrel Roll Squadron? Yes. Let me see that. I'm not going to say I'm in support of everything MAGFest does. So what is, it, what is a pilot? So a pilot probably is like the lowest tier of... Um, person basically like any ex- oh the lowest tier like <laughs> of, of human of, in yes. the magfest <laughs> cast system yes <laughs> you are the untouchable <laughs> it's true when it's time for magfest bread you're at the back of the magfest yeah. bread line yes no one shakes my hand <laughs> no the um so they have different badges to kind of so how pax has like the little corner everyone has basically the same design badge but in the corner it says what they are whether it's a content creator or an exhibitor Uh, or whatever you have a three-day pass whatever it is special guest um at magfest they have different shapes and names of each type so it's pilot for any panelist attendee or uh exhibitor 
And then one step above that, I believe, is like squadron leader. And that's for anyone that's like involved in running the show. If you claim to own six or more pilots, you become a squadron leader. I'm actually an admiral. Oh, yeah. nice! Yeah, Magfest Am- what is, Admiral. What does that What does that come with? What do you get? To I like rising the shade. I like sit at the top and look out a big window. <laughs> okay, um, sweet. I look very angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I say three lines and then I die. <laughs> when my ship blows up, live through this year. We'll see you about um, next so, year. Yeah, yeah, next Magfest. So, um, but every year Magfest has a different theme. So this year it was uh, looks like Star Fox. Star Fox. Last yeah. year it was Kirby. The year before that, it was uh, Castlevania. And it's just the way they style all the marketing material and collateral and the badges. Weirdly, and, though, they keep the same pilot and admiral stuff yeah, going. So yeah. Castlevania pilot. <laughs> Castlevania pilot. <laughs> Simon, do a barrel roll. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know how they... They probably don't... I don't know. They probably shouldn't do it, in my opinion, because it's probably not the most It doesn't legal make things thing. very clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. But uh, It I, is fun. Yeah. It's, fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. We're all just having fun. We're having just a good time. Just let I, them, it's fun. Folks, I'm never going to encourage you to break rules or laws, but conventions like are so to easy that. to just walk into. Like, I'm looking at this badge and it's like, bro, yeah. I could do this. I the f- They got <laughs> Dylan at the door here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Security. right. Although there's yeah, only H- one, yeah, there's only one door at HDQ with we, like three people filtering in at any given time. <laughs> we could have pushed that guy over. We could have made yeah, a run also for it. That we just, we could have just told that guy no. And he would have been like, oh, sorry. We would have uh, walked in. Right. Um, no, but it, one of the first ever PAXs I went to, our friend had a media badge and I did not. And I wanted to go in with him during media hours because I had nothing to do for an hour. Sure. So I put yellow duct tape over the top of my badge to make it resemble a media badge. And I walked right in and no one stopped me. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. No, but they make a big deal though. After hours, though, it's like if you don't have an exhibitor badge, you gotta get the fuck off that show floor. And I'm glad they do. Yeah. I know someone who, in order to get past that, they did the make out with me until the cops go away tactic of hugging someone until the enforcers went away, and to hide the fact that they didn't (laughs) have the right badge, they (laughs) they literally just hugged someone until the enforcers walked away, and then we're fine. Damn. Nice tactic. (laughs) All right, Harris, we got a hug. Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get pack. you hugging. I mean, you don't want to be at the show, show after hours. It's not fun. It's no, fun. I mean, it's, it's whatever. I would actually like to... I'd rather be there during setup than teardown. Because I think setup to me would just be more fascinating. Though I would say, at East, it was fun watching them tear down that giant-ass Blizzard booth. Because I do not envy that job. Yeah, those are... I mean, those are union guys. That's They get paid oh, sure. specifically for that. Like, you know, with, with, us indie, with us indie people, we just dink around and show up with a power saw or a power drill sometimes yeah and, yeah roll the carpet um, up yeah uh yeah no set up and tear down at pax is is fascinating because you get to like see the processes that go all into these things but it's it's really interesting to see how in between setup and day one there's just garbage everywhere and the rule with these shows is if you as you set up you throw anything you don't need into the aisles and then someone comes by and gets it. So like you'll be walking out of the convention center at like 9 p.m. the night before, and it's just littered with cardboard and plastic and cellophane. And you come in the next morning, and it's all gone. It's it's kind of like you know you get mad at those convention reps a lot, right. but you got to hand it to them. They they get that place really clean, really yeah. fast. Pay union dues. It's true. It is true. So yeah, packs packs next week. HGQ. HGQ. It never stops. Magfest. Magfest. Yep. Then February. Valentine's Day. And then before you know it, oh. GDC's here. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Uh. <laughs> it's too much. I'm. That's why I skipped South. I that's was, why you skipped South. They want, want. I was invited. I yeah. was invited. I was my a presence, special guest. My presence was desired, but and, and you skipped because why? Um, because doing this and then doing that, right, two in a row would be bad. And also, um, I have uh, my girlfriend's doing a performance um, that weekend. Big boy's got a girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but can confirm. It's a she is real and she is a girl. A, a dance show. Yeah, that I need to attend, and I would miss it what, if I were uh, back south, and that didn't seem like a very good an, reason to miss a performance like that. That's true. An interpretive dance of what theme? Interpretive. That's that's typically what she is, right? She, no, not an interpretive. No, no, she's ballet trained. But I've heard you go to her shows and then say, "I'm going to have to interpret this one for a little bit." Well, that's not. I mean. Interpretive dance is not just dance that you can interpret. That's not really what that means. There's a lot of symbolism and meaning in the movement. Uh-huh. And hopefully, like that's been the case for a while, like any story ballet. The, sure, you know. sure. So um, if I'm talking about needing to sort of digest what is going on, it's because I don't have a lot of formal dance training and the language is sort of unfamiliar to me still. I don't speak dance. It's seriously though. Yeah. yeah. So, Her and I, after a few drinks, had a wonderful discussion about yeah. the breakdown of the dab, of what it means to dab. Mm-hmm. You know, her, you know, this is something I've never really thought about because I don't have this perspective, but she You're being not a dabster. <laughs> no, no, I'm a dabster. Let me, but what, not a dancer. But not a dancer. <laughs> are we dabsters or are we dancers? <laughs> um, and, uh, so talking to her, she was like, so what, what does it mean? And I was like, well, I've never thought of it. She was like, it, because it looks like you are shielding your face in shame. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And so we, we just kind of like thought about what it means to dab. And I was like, no, this is like a thing of celebration. This is, a, this is an extension of your, your extremities to the sky to prove that you are, you know, victorious in whatever you tried to set out to do. And yeah, we, that went on for a lot longer than this, but it was quite an interesting conversation. Yeah. Hide your face in shame as you dab. As you dab. <laughs> as you dab. Which, you know, in, in most cases that does work because if most I could, people that dab should not be dabbing. To turn away from God as you dab. Yeah. I, I genuinely think she brought God into it at one point whenever we were having that conversation. <laughs> um, we, we compared to some like other dance types like Soldier Boy and like all these dumb like pop culture dances and Fortnite dances. Fortnite dances were part of it. Yeah. Um, Big money makers. Fortnite dances. We can't keep talking about this or we're going to get sued. By somebody. Somebody. Take us home, Dylan. Well, that was... <laughs> Wait, you don't want to talk more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, no, let's, let's go. What do you want to talk about? we're done? We, 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 uh, what's up? What do you want to talk about? Where do you need to be, Harris? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, okay. The Halo run, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Halo Reach. Yeah. That was a fun Legend, one. Legendary. That was, yeah. That Halo was, that Reach. was interesting to watch. A lot of cool boundary breaks, a lot of interesting explanations about why things are. It is also funny to watch the Halo run because they spend a lot of time when they have a moment just like punching and shooting each other right. for kicks. Yeah. Which is like a very the, the Halo run. Halo. A very yeah. Halo run thing to do. Right. Right. But also, right. it manipulates like uh, th- there was one part where he like killed yes. his partner like multiple times. Is like this manipulates like the uh the spawn rate or the overflow like there's like a memory overflow in this level but yeah what he was 
it was better if the frame rate was lower or something like that for that moment. So you dropped a bunch of dead bodies on the floor just to raise that cap a little bit or something? Yeah. Wild. There was a part where there's a, a scenery helicopter that drops you off. Yeah. And they found that if you run to it fast enough, you can hop in it and then take it to the end of the level or something. Well, not and just that, is that they would use the, the plasma pistol and charge up to max because whenever you shoot a vehicle, give it the EMP. It, they would, knew, it would paralyze they knew exactly it. exactly when it would spawn. And it was just like a background vehicle, basically, for some you know effect. Right. Yeah. And they timed the plasma burst. So exactly when it spawned, it hit it and dropped it right in front of them. And you can actually drive it. It's like a fully, fully functional prop, basically. You know, we, we, we think about speedruns as these like races against the clock. And races against like other players in this like in some people like to describe it as like esports kind of thing. And I think like esports have like the sports part of gaming covered. And I think speedruns are like the performance art of video games, honestly. Okay. Like I think I think a speedrun is a recital. A speedrun is an argument with a developer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also that. And those and they're and they're bad QA guys. Yeah. Um, well, I'm also curious about that aspect. Speedrunners like, love the bad QA though. That's the part that sort of gets to me is when they talk about how developers were lazy or the QA was bad or they missed all this stuff. If they didn't have those out of bounds glitches or weird bugs, it'd be a boring game to speedrun. Yeah, they'd be a terrible game to speedrun. Right. They need that stuff. So it's like this weird sort of like snaking in its own tail where they sort of whine about the stuff that is uh, maybe constructed a little bit hastily or shoddily in some weird way, but then they also need it and use it to make their thing interesting. I'm, right. I'm excited and nervous to see how they react to Tunic because Andrew and, and Kevin have experienced speedrunning and are building in and leaving in tech that will help speedrunners. For that game will they recognize that will they like latch on to this knowledge or will they call it bad qa like that is something i'm curious to see as that game goes on yeah i i, I am too because like i mean celeste has that speed run mode where like you can put it pull a timer up and and let it go and kevin worked on that game as well right. and we didn't hear any of that kind of sentimentality from the runner who played celeste right. well and it might be because those devs work Closer with the speedrunning community. That also, Celeste speedrun has almost zero sort of unintended behavior. Right. Yeah. As, right. as they said, it is like, a very tight. They use the whole part of the buffalo kind of thing. It when is it a comes very tight speedrunning game. game. It's not about skipping stuff, and it's not about like breaking it. They just play through it really, really fast, which yeah. I think is best. Yeah. Yes. Like when I see like when it says like any percent glitchless, I'm like, okay, like we're actually playing the game as intended, right, right. which is fun. And I want to see how fast I, I, we play I only that. want it on the two polar extremes. If you're going to like break a game, d destroy it. Like I want you to like do some like elder scrolls, like right. Clipping through everything kind of stuff. If you're going to, you know, do really good in the game, do it the Celeste style and just be really fast at it. Yeah. 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 But like when I first came into speed running, I thought it was only that latter thing. I thought it was only like, oh, okay, we're just going to play this game as fast as we can. And then when I saw people like breaking shit and yeah, clipping through walls or uh, taking advantage of memory bugs or save states, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Like this yeah. could be fun, but like this just isn't like how I would interpret that. And I'm curious if like if there are devs out there who are like very, um, 
that are like speedrunner purists where they see like their game being played a certain way or being played with glitches involved and they're like no 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 and patch it out and they patch it out and yeah. then you see and you see some on the listing where it's like this game is running on an older patch right right i was i was talking to dicey about this potential speedrun future of tunic and how whenever the game is being speedrun and he's eventually on the couch at gdq i just want him to quietly go oh please slow down <laughs> please you're going too fast he like, wants, to, wants to talk about some intricate detail yeah. of like some corner of the like, world oh look at that waterfall it's very it took me nine months to make that water okay. oh my god you're okay you're, you're, it's, you're, gone. it's gone <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh you're so very fast please slow down well we saw like abigail who uh, is like a community manager at bethesda on the couch she was the only person on the couch during the uh the prey run the prey moon crash run yep. and she had an interesting rapport with the runner interesting because they yeah i mean you know <laughs> interesting in the fact that i don't think they had ever talked to each other before <laughs> right. that well, moment. yeah well that and then like she was only <laughs> concerned about like kind of talking about like the game as it's as as the it game. exists yeah. yeah and then he was just talking about it as like an, an artifact or a, a piece a machine that a you weird could, thing that you manipulate right. and yeah. play with yeah yeah um and it was like hard to see where the the like kind of synergy was there it usually that existed that diagram does not it, connect it, it, it was does a little bit like when barely. she is, when she gets like legitimately excited by the way he breaks the game right. like that's where it was like at its best yeah yeah because you're impressing someone from that developer yeah it, it i think you have to have the you know the expectations of what a speed run like really is about to these people like you know because they can still appreciate the game in the way that like she does but in the moment that like that is the least of your concerns um and, and they've played through it probably as much as like any qa person yeah, right yeah probably ever did yeah absolutely yep well we still have some runs that we want to check out there's a task bot block Tazbot. coming up they're playing Mario. Mario Zero. Mario, Mario Zero. which is a Portal Mario mashup Windows game. And then what else are they doing? What, uh, what comes after that? There was an incentive for Scribble Knots. I don't think it's going to get met. Oh, yeah. But what was one? It was like a million dollars or something for that one or something crazy. A hundred thousand, maybe a million. Yeah. One of those two. Um, there, was, yeah, I don't, there was another one. I don't remember which one it was, but we need to be in the audience for it. Yeah, we need to check it out. Um, so we're going to head off. We're uh, going to go get... I hype, hype, no. orb, orb. AGDQ. We're, we're gonna kick cancer's butt. AGDQ, <laughs> the king of embarrassing mimetic uh, yes. phrases. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, it is. It's the worst. Wish just one guy. He's like, are we still doing it? It's like yeah. orb. No, oh, no. It's it's done. We're now, done buddy. with orb. It's, we're done with orb. Yeah. It's all about clouds. <laughs> it's um, all about clouds. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see us next at at Pack South. In yeah. terms of Pack South coming up. Uh, immediately after this and then uh, we, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming at the end of January um, but guys thank you for doing this thank you for having us of course always appreciate it Devin thank you for coming on thank you um, Harris yes Foster yes of the New England Fosters that's right uh, where can people find you New England no uh, you can find me on Twitter at Harris Foster uh, I guess that's really all I want to promote right now. I work at I work at Finji. We make a we make really cool indie games that are really cool. Uh, you should check them out. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a Pack South. You should check. There'll them be out. a Pack South. We're gonna have a big old booth. We're gonna have eight demo stations, and I set up all the computers for them the other day, and they're fresh and ready to go. 
Devin, where can people find you? I am at Jet Reset on Twitter. Devin's trying to become a big time streamer. You should follow his Twitch stream. And Jet Reset on Twitch. Yeah. And Jet Reset on Instagram. And uh, Jet Reset on Venmo. Yes. No, actually, not there. Not there. But <laughs> you get like hundred dollar requests. DM me um, on Twitter if you want to send me money, and I'll give you my Venmo address. <laughs> All right, that works. Um, I uh, one time I sent a Venmo request to Devin for a thousand dollars with the caption, "It really helped me out." And then I get a call, an actual phone call from Devin. That's what the hell is this? <laughs> I was worried that you really needed money. You asked for like a hundred dollars, and I was like, "What is this? Like, is, is he in jail? Does yeah, he need bail money? It would really help me out. Yeah, it would I really need, help me out. I need to get bail money through Venmo. <laughs> I'm using my one phone call on Devin, a man who lives several states away. I need you to transfer it to this commissary in, in Texas. Can you do that <laughs> yeah. for me? Um, well, and you can also find me at Dylan Alvento. And if you like this podcast. And you want to see any of our other podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or at Ward Video Games on Twitter or anywhere podcasts are sold. Drop us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Five really stars helps if you like. Really, it really, really helps, helps us out. It really helps us out. It really helps us out. It really helps us out. All right, guys. Thanks again. <laughs>